You're listening to How to Succeed in Evil, Crazy Psycho Murder Tree. Chapter 6. A Cliché Walks into a Bar. Talmadge pushed into Hanrahan's just as happy hour was dragging to its dismal conclusion. In a quarter of an hour, the place would be packed by all the professional classes that circled like vultures around the courthouse. But for now, it was just a couple of old lawyers in a booth and an empty bar. The place wasn't clean and it wasn't well lit, but right now it was quiet. The bottles glowed in the darkness behind the bar and looked like a glimpse of a better world. He waddled towards paradise, ready to blot the shitty thing he had just done out of his memory. Standing four, three and a half, he climbed up onto a stool and said, So a midget walks into a bar. Johnny, the bartender, answered, and the bartender says, What do you need? A sense of self-respect, says the midget, continued Talmadge. Johnny's lined face rarely betrayed emotion, but at this he was brought up short by a frown. After a moment he shook his head and said, Nope, I'm sorry, it's just not funny. In fact, it's a little offensive. I mean, aren't you not supposed to say midget anymore? Midget, please, said Talmadge. Bourbon with a beer back. A short beer? Now who's not funny? On the house, said Johnny, as he flopped two coasters down on the old oak bar and placed the drinks in front of Talmadge. On the house? This is on the DA's tab. Scott Pelly. He's got his hooks into you said Johnny, with an inflection so neutral it could have been both a question and a statement. I need the cash. Yeah, I heard, but I got a new pricing model for the bar. Drinks are free. Bathroom costs a hundred bucks to get into. Piss in the street, know me. You hear about it? asked Talmadge. Just what people have been saying, said Johnny. People are assholes. They're worse when they're drunk, said Johnny, and went back to cutting orange slices. Talmadge inhaled the shot and sipped at the beer, staring at what little of himself he could see through the bottles behind the bar. What was he doing with his life? What was his life doing with him? Johnny broke his rhetorical musings by refilling the shot glass. Talmadge said, I don't want to talk about it. Good, said Johnny. I don't want to listen. Look, you know how it works. Scarpelli, he hands me the case. I give this poor bastard... Willis is his name, a just offense, and then they just cram him in the bag. They drag him off while he struggles. Help, help, it's not fair, please. I don't want to go to prison, this is wrong, etc., etc. And Willis, for all his naive faith in the system, is right. It is wrong. But fucking look at me. I'm a walking poster child for the fact that life isn't fair. Uh-huh, said Johnny, listening with the deep indifference of a highly trained professional bartender. This poor bastard, he's driving home from work, gets caught in traffic. What happens but that Lynx guy, you know, the costumed vigilante, comes screaming through an intersection, clips the back of his car while going a thousand goddamn miles now. Usually no big deal, new bumper, my client goes on with his life. But this time, a guy is jaywalking in front of his car at the moment of impact. Bingo, bango, boom, uh-oh, jaywalker gets crushed and dies screaming on my client's hood. That's terrible said Johnny in the same tone of voice he used when his ex-wife would complain about wallpaper samples. And since the cops won't even acknowledge that the links exist, now they want this guy for vehicular manslaughter that wasn't his fault. It's a veil of tragedy, said Johnny, in the same tone that he might use to say, we're low on peanuts. 
Talmadge threw down the next shot of whiskey. He paused to let the liquor open his wings in his chest and flap a couple of times. What can I do? They got video. Just from the right angle. I can't fight that. I mean, maybe I could, but let's say I do. Let's say I win the case just like in the movies. Lonely alcoholic lawyer turns his life around. I think I saw that one. Take that back. Then pour me another, said Talmadge, wrapping his shot glass on the worn bar. Feel good hit of the season is what I'm saying, Johnny added as he topped off the shot glass. But it's not, because what happens after? The public defender's office never hires me again, because I didn't play ball, see? Sure, I can make a deal, shave something off his sentence, but I'm never allowed to actually win. And there's justice to think of. I'd like to win, you know, just once, I'd like to win. Talmadge took a sip of beer and Johnny went into the back. On the TV, Talmadge saw helicopter footage of a protest on a stately tree-lined college campus. Then one of the trees came to life and bludgeoned its way through the crowd. The news feed cut to cell phone footage from someone in the crowd. In a blur, he saw what looked to be an oak tree with a barking face twisted in rage. Then the phone spun and the footage went black. The crawl read, Arboreal Assault at Trinity College. Johnny came back and set a box of liquor bottles on the bar. Lawyers were a thirsty cast, after all. Johnny... I'm getting a feeling I missed a few things while I was in the box, selling the straight citizen down the river. Nobody knows, said Johnny, summarizing the last four hours of pundits, talking heads, and technical analysis on the matter. But while you were in court, a tree got real angry and started tearing up the city. He's smashing them to green pieces, said Talmadge. Yeah, he gets his, though. Just wait. The footage cut to another helicopter view of the tree man, stalking down 4th Avenue, with a phalanx of police cars following close behind. The tree whipped its branch arms from side to side, flattening parking meters as if they had been ears of corn. A figure leaned out the window of a police SUV and fired a canister of tear gas at the tree man. The canister became lodged in the branches of the tree, and he trailed smoke behind him as he moved through the city. Then the helicopter veered wildly, as it was upset by the turbulence of a black object passing close beneath it at high speed. See, said Johnny, he's going to get his. That's him, cried Talmadge. That's the lynx, the guy they're hanging the frame on my client for. What's with the suit? On the screen, the lynx mobile caromed off the tree and crashed into a coffee shop. Then a shot of the lynx leaping out of the shop, rolling on the ground and coming up firing his grappling gun. What's with the suit? asked Talmadge. He's a cat, see? Got claws. Cat-like reflexes. So why not Catman? It's the lynx, said Johnny. Watch this. Wait, does this jackass get killed? Talmadge asked as he watched the lynx and the light pole being swung around the top of the tree. I don't spoil movies for nobody, said Johnny. Now the TV showed cell phone footage of the tree walking away down a boulevard. It knocked parked cars into storefronts left, right, left. Then there was a flash and a terrific boom. The top of the tree fell one way and the trunk fell the other. And when the smoke cleared, there with his foot atop the now dismasted oak tree was the lynx. Oh, son of a bitch, he won? The tree struggled to rise as the lynx lashed it to the ground with his grappling gun. The news returned to a perfectly quaffed woman spinning what it all meant and the graphic read, Superhero saves the day. Superhero? That guy doesn't even have powers. Unless you count being a normal height a superpower. 
Keep running your mouth, Johnny. One of these days, I'm going to buy a pair of stilts, climb up them, and punch you in the mouth. I still don't get what's with that catman stick, though. Lynx. Hell if I know, said Johnny. Who knows how any of these freaks work? You just be thankful that you don't got an angry sapling as a client. Could always be worse, see? It lived? I guess. They arrested it. The news channel cut to a feed of the chief of police. From the subtitles, Talmadge could read that the chief was disavowing any relationship with the vigilante known as the Lynx. And in fact, they were offering a substantial reward for any tip that led to his arrest. So Johnny, you know about freaks? asked Talmadge. I'm a bartender. Freaks pay my rent. You mean drunks? In this bar, same, same. So what do you got to do to get superpowers? I mean, what, up till like nine years ago, nobody could fly or crap lightning bolts or anything like that. So how do you know you're not going to get powers? Or me? What would I do with superpowers? Get out from behind that bar, for one. Hey, I like this bar. It's the customers that chat my ass. Talmadge raised his glass. It's a fine place to take your daffy and drown your sorrows, Johnny. Truly it is. Could be worse, allowed Johnny. Could always be worse, he added, sounding like he knew. Eh, said Talmadge, and took another swig. The door to the bar opened, and what remained of the day's sunlight streamed in without enthusiasm. Close the door, cried Talmadge, having picked up some confidence from the booze. You trying to disinfect something in here? In the corner, the two old men in the booth added grumbles of support. When the door shut, Talmadge could see that the intruder was the D.A. himself, Scarpelli. He looked at Talmadge and said, There you are. Johnny, have you met our illustrious D.A.? said Talmadge, turning back to his drink. I didn't vote for him, Johnny muttered. Nobody did, but he won anyway. Isn't that curious? He always wins. Now he's here to rub it in. Don't be like that, little man, said Scarpelli. I'm just here to repay a favor. Talmadge said, no, I'm really screwed. I got a real big case for you. You can make your name with this one. Who? asked Talmadge. Scarpelli pointed at the TV screen. On it, slow motion footage of the half-tree, half-man creature was playing yet again. The title read, Man or Magnolia? Panel discussion up next. Talmadge said, Are you out of your mind? Get him to plead out. You can do it. You're my go-to guy, said Scarpelli. Plead to what? I mean, what is that thing anyway? And does it even speak English? See, that's the exciting part. You'll be on the frontier of jurisprudence. Why me? Well, you're squirrel-sized, so we figured you'd have a natural rapport with the thing, Scarpelli said with a smirk. You couldn't find anybody else, could you? We couldn't find anybody else. Well, keep not finding. Scarpelli leaned in, clenched his smile, and said, Look, you miserable doorstop. Nobody likes you. You're not even a good lawyer. So unless you want to let your third-rate legal school education go to waste, this is the way it's done. I give you the cases, you plead them out, and the checks come in. Now be a good boy, and I'll see that you wind up a small claims court judge. You get it, Talmadge? Topper lowered his head, looked into his drink. He understood, of course. It had been the same way his whole life. He thought, for the briefest instant, about fighting it. But it was the rash thought of charging a machine gun position, empty-handed. As brave as it may be, it would never work out. For Talmadge, the proof was, nothing ever had worked out for him before. Yeah, Talmadge said. 
I get how it works. See, was that so hard? Scarpelli asked, giving the knife a twist. He reached into his briefcase and slapped a file on the bar. That's everything we got. Talmadge nodded and held up his glass, motioning for another drink. They got him at Muni? He asked, meaning the municipal jail. Scarpelli laughed. No, he's too big. They got him locked in the old boiler room at the Department of Parks and Recreation. If you like How to Succeed in Evil, you should support it by becoming a paid subscriber at patrickemaclean.substack.com. And if you do, I mean, for the paltry sum of $5 a month, you get to binge the rest of this story right now. I mean, that's a good deal, right? You not only get to satisfy your need for instant gratification, but you get to do so in a way that lets you feel good about yourself while you're doing it. So if you want to wait a week to get the next episode, that's fine. It'll be here right on schedule. But is it the most evil thing in the world to suggest that in these trying times, you deserve a little happiness? It's actually fairly evil. This is marketing, but you should still subscribe. 